0: good morning how y'all doing good y'all been behaving yourself oh that was a soft answer right there this is the second service they told me about you guys you know they said the first service was the holy group second service was the radical group Come on. You're not going to get quiet on me, are you? All right. Got too many young people in here to get quiet, right? Yeah. 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 Right here, right in the front row. It is a privilege to be here, and uh, I'm just so very proud of what Jesus is doing in this house, and I, I love the leadership. I love your pastors, but I also love the leaders, the elders in this church. You do an amazing job, and so... I travel around, as Pastor Sean said, I'm in a lot of different settings, a lot of different environments, spiritual environments, and, and I, I think I've gotten to be a fairly good read on spiritual environments when I go into a place, and, and uh, you can tell a quality of a spiritual environment when you're in it, and there is a quality. Of, of the spirit of God that's in this place that is so refreshing. And so you need to all give yourself a hand because you're all a part of that. You, you're the one that cre- is a part of creating that, you know. And so it's so good. It is, yeah, as Pastor Sean said, I, I do travel quite a bit. And I work with a lot of young church planters. It's one of the primary things that I do. And I, I love working with them they uh they're creative they're innovative they're anointed they all have tattoos <laughs> figured i might as well get a tattoo except you know i have this dilemma uh by the way my youngest daughter is here with me with her friend matt my youngest daughter midori waves wait, wait you i'm not gonna make you stand up just wait, this way so. She is a junior at Rockhurst University. One more year of college tuition. See, that's my dilemma, tattoo college tuition. Tattoo college tuition. I was weighing heavily on the tattoo, but her mother said, no, we need to pay for college, so. But uh, she is a delight. She's uh, uh, smart and um, gets good grades in school amen Amen. dean's list amen Amen. see I'm a man of faith I'm you know the Bible says you know (laughs) Bible says to declare a thing and it shall be established so I'm I'm declaring this dean's list thing you know we're going to keep those scholarships rolling in baby you know more scholarships the quicker I'm going to get that tattoo right so anyway enough of that foolishness so um it is i I love coming here i love hanging out uh, with your pastor i really do we had dinner last night and got to spend some time together and and when i grow up i want to be like pastor sean apking so i met pastor sean years ago i used to come down here Independence and do some meetings. I was a senior associate at Word of Life up in St. Joe for seven years, and and uh, I think it was during that time is when I met you. and And he was this fiery young youth pastor. Now he's this fiery young youth pastor in an adult body, <laughs> who's pastor who they let pastor this church for some crazy reason. But no, uh, he was a quality individual. I knew back then when I met him this is a, somebody that is, is a quality and character and is pursuing God with all of his heart and the call of God and so um, I'm just glad to, that I'm able uh, to call him a friend. And uh, we talk from time to time, sometimes I stop through and we have coffee and lunch or whatever we can do to try to connect and, and uh, I love that, you know. I, I learned this years ago, um, success is never achieved alone. You're never going to make it in life where you, where you need to go with, by yourself. Anyone that says that, you know, they're an island of their own, there's a fool. You can't make it by yourself. You need other people. As much as sometimes we don't like other people, we need other people to, to really get to where we're going. Why? Because they have things. Like I said, I, I work with these young 20 and 30-year-olds, you know, starting churches and everything, and they are, oh, man, they got so much gifting and talent and and energy and oh my gosh you know I, I joke with them though that i always i hear this once in a while they'll say you know we did you know did two or three services and i had to go home and take a nap i said i come in and do two or three services and then i drive six or seven hours home come on you wimps you know i said you can't keep up with me they can i just don't let them know that they can you know but anyway um, it, it's an amazing day that we're living in uh, this age, this culture. Um, I know. We a lot of times we hear, "Don't believe everything that the the, the news tells you." Okay, don't don't believe everything don't don't believe everything books tell you. You know, I, I can. But three years ago, I was driving back from uh, Nashville. I'd been down, um, uh, you know, recording some albums, and no. I'd been down there speaking at a church, and <laughs> I was renting a car recently. I was back down in, in Nashville with this church I've been working with, and, and the people at Enterprise, that's who I rent cars through, uh, they said, where are you going? I said, Nashville, and the young, young guy behind the counter, and he goes, oh, you're going to Nashville, uh, business or pleasure or what? I said, no, I'm going down there to record an album. He looked at me. I said, no, I'm joking. But I was driving back, and I was right on Interstate 24, and I had been reading this book. And it was kind of one of those woes me about the church and, you know, the diminishing and the church is fading away and the church is in big trouble and all this stuff. And I I was thinking about this as I was driving, and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord thundered in my soul. And he said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. He said... He goes, the church in America is not going to die. It's going to thrive. And I'll tell you, I had me one fit going down Interstate 24. I mean, I almost had to pull off the side of the road. I was hooping and hollering. And I said, Jesus, I believe you. Because there's a lot of other information out there today, folks, that will tell you things that are contrary to what is in this book. You know, one of the things I talked about is, is that we live in this age where, you know, is, you can tell me how to spell it and I'll Google it and get the information, you know. There's nothing bad with that. But the problem is you have to realize this information produces transformation. And if you're not careful of all the information that you get, it'll transform your life into something that you don't want to be. Either fearful, doubtful you know complacent or could do the other the right information can can build you strengthen you encourage you excite you is it all depends on where we're getting our information right and so um i don't know about you but i've found in living this life that sometimes google doesn't have the answers anybody been there Sometimes sometimes Google doesn't have the answer for my circumstances. It it reminds me in Luke chapter 8, there was two individuals that found themselves in the circumstance of their life that that the culture, the information, if we could say it that way, of the age, wasn't giving them, didn't have the information or the answer for their, their dilemma. One was the woman with the issue of blood. It said that she'd tried everything. She'd gone to all the physicians. She went to all of man's wisdom and power and what? It couldn't help her. So what'd she do? She went to Jesus. And then there was this man. He was a leader of a synagogue who had a daughter that was dying and he actually ended up dying. And he found that the religious system that he was a leader in could, couldn't heal his daughter. didn't have the answer for his situation. So what'd he do? He went to Jesus. Now you have to understand how profound that was he was a leader of a synagogue the Pharisees had put out an edict that anyone that had anything to do with Jesus was banned from the religious community do you know how desperate he was because he was willing to lose everything be disconnected from his, from his position from his, where he was getting all of his identity That's the kind of desperation we need today. See, one of the biggest challenges that we have in our culture today is complacency. And it's rampant within the body of Christ. Complacency. It's just, well, whatever happens, happens, when 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 Jesus came, (laughs) and died on a cross, not for us to be complacent, that wasn't a complacent act it's called the passion of the Christ Jesus made a passionate move, a passionate sacrifice, not for us to live in complacency but that we would have an impassioned life That we would have a life that has meaning and purpose and zeal and fun. I'm determined if if following God, if I can't have some fun along the way, then I'm not going to do it. It has its challenges, yes, many. But it also is great. It's fun, man. It's a great adventure. It's been a great adventure. Oh my gosh, it's been an adventure. And it's had valleys. But it also has beautiful vistas. You know, what happens with complacency is it robs us of wonder. The wonder of God. The wonder of God. Just a beautiful have you ever seen like a beautiful sunrise? Have you ever notice what is it? That's called wonder it excites us, it releases this wonder within us. the birth of a baby. what is that? that's wonder. this amazement of uh, uh, of earlier there was a uh, somebody had a little two-month-old baby and I just looked at that baby and I thought "That's, that's so miraculous. there's this wonder in the birth of a child. we were created for wonder. My friends, we weren't created to be dull. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, before you knew Christ, you'd go out and paint the town red, as they say. And you'd become to Jesus, and now you go out and paint the town beige. <laughs> You're dull. Beige. There's nothing exciting about Beige. We weren't Jesus didn't come to die for us to be dull. We're placed in this time. We're placed in this geography so that a people who are hopeless may see something to have hope in, someone to have hope in not hope in us but hope in the one that we have hope in to be compassionate for the one that we have a passion for I refuse to live complacently I just refuse to I'm not gonna be bored Boredom can be the breeding ground for the enemy to plant seeds in. I hear people say, I just kind of got bored with Christianity. Well, what Christianity were you connected to? Because it sure isn't the Christianity that I've been connected to because there's been nothing boring about it. Hey, as they would say in Minnesota. So we have to be very careful where we we get our information from. Okay? See, I can go on Facebook and I can I can search for Sean Apkeen and I can see that he has a family, or I can go on the website of the church and see that, you know, his family, what he does, how long he's been in ministry, and how just darn good looking he is. The glory fell right there. See, I can get all kinds of information about him. See, this, this book can give you all kinds of information. But it wasn't meant to be a book about information. It was meant to be a book that produces transformation. so what happens is that i get this but see what i what I, what i have done as i've sat down across the table from this man and had conversation had dialogue with him and through the years have gotten to know him know him in a depth know him in a real way know him in a, in a in a way that is, is touch i can shake his hand i can i can hug his neck and through all of that, I've come to know him in a depth, in a character. I, I know the love that he has for you all through my connection with him in conversation and hearing. And just, you know, out of Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so as he, as he talks, I hear I hear the love that he has for you all. In this church, for you, for you to get everything that God has for you, for you to walk in divine health, for you to, to walk in the blessings of God, for you to, to walk in the knowledge and the experience of Christ, for you to be set free, for your marriages to be strong, for your children to grow up and become, you know, men and women of God. I, I've heard that from him in our connection, in our dialogue, in our relationship. And I'm using that as an example because that's the same type of relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. Sometimes I think we make, we make prayer so difficult. And one of the reasons that we make prayer so difficult is because sometimes it's hard to believe that God likes us. Now we know from the Bible that God is love, and God has to love us. God is love, so God has to love us. We understand that God loves us. A lot of times, I, through the years, I, you know, I pastored for 25 years, and so in working with people, it wasn't the challenge. A lot of times, it wasn't you know, does God? I don't know God loves me. I just don't think He likes me. And so what that what happens is that begins to really hinder your relationship. That really, you know, you don't really want to hang around somebody that doesn't like you. Unless you're sadistic. You know? But it's something about a month ago, the, the Lord, I really felt the Lord uh, speak to me about. I was speaking over in Des Moines, Iowa. I was in my hotel room getting ready for Sunday morning. The Lord says, I want you to begin to tell people I like them. Because a lot of people don't, a lot of my people, a lot of my sons, they don't think I like them. Because if, if you don't think God likes you, then you, you, it's going to limit your your relationship with him and it's, and it's going to really skew your view of who God really is and what God really desires for your life. And so I'm here to tell you that God likes you. He really does. And I would almost guarantee you if I asked this morning, which I'm not going to do, For a show of hands of people who are struggling with the aspect of God liking them, there'd be many hands in here. Jesus didn't come and suffer, as Pastor Sean was so eloquently talking about during communion, Jesus didn't come and suffer everything that he did, the humiliation, the pain. to not like us yes yeah, sure there's times that that we do things I'm sure that that God doesn't like it's called sin but that doesn't mean he doesn't like us sometimes if we don't have a correct view because of maybe the the disinformation or just lack of information the lack of knowing of who God is we get perceptions of of how God views us um, I was at Walmart one day does anybody here work at Walmart so this is not in any way, I, I don't want this, and I'm serious about this, I want this to be any kind of you know infraction or anything. That, I'm just telling you my experience. So I was at Walmart one day and uh, it was an interesting day and I come walking out of Walmart and I'm talking out loud to myself walking through the parking lot of Walmart, which is not highly unusual to see. Nevertheless, I'm walking through the parking lot, talking out loud to myself, and I'm saying, Dear Lord, I think every moron in St. Charles County is in that Walmart today. That place is, there's more morons per capita under the roof of that building than anywhere else today in there. And I'm saying this as I'm walking in my car, and all of a sudden I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me, he goes, You used to be a moron. end of conversation because he was right and see I've learned that our view of things is skewed by the information that we have or the knowledge or what we believe so again I felt the Lord was speaking to me one time and he says he says you're gonna look at people as either Genesis 1 people or Genesis 3 people and so I went, I started doing some, study. So, well, in Genesis 1, we, hum, humanity, was created in the image of God. The Bible says that God forms in his image. So we're creating this. And then in Genesis 3, man falls and becomes a sinner. So the Lord said, you're either going to see people as people created in my image or you're going to see them as sinners. He said, the challenge is you see too many people as sinners and you don't see them as created. He said, that's why that I'm more gracious than you. That's why I don't see them as morons. I see them as people created, my sons and daughters created in my image. They were formed in my likeness. That's why God is far more patient with people than we are. That's why God is far more merciful with people than we are. And since then, I've been, I've been trying to be better at seeing people, not because of their actions, because we never know why people are acting the way they're acting. We don't know their lives. But I know this, they were created in the image of God. And so it's helped me. It's helped me. To be more Christ-like, I hope, in a world because people are challenged, people people are living hopeless, lives void, and they're looking for an answer, as I said, they're looking for hope and we're the people that should be possessing that hope, we're the people that they should be seeing a beauty of life and compassion and love out of. You good with that? See, we're going to approach life many ways and, like I said, our view of God because really what I'm sharing with you today are, are things about the heart of God, knowing the heart of God for yourselves. Not just from maybe what I tell you or Pastor Sean tells you, but for yourself. Discovering, experiencing for yourselves. See, in Galatians chapter 3, I'm going to read this to you um, out of the message translation. This is verses 11 and 12. I just love this. I really love this. So the obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral program should make it plain that no one can sustain a relationship with God that way. What this is all about. Let me let me go back. I should have prefaced this a little bit. The whole letter of Galatian, Galatia from Paul to the to the it was a letter written for all the churches in the region of Galatia. Okay? And what had happened is that they'd been ardently following Christ, and then they had this these individuals coming in that were from you know the strict religious system, and they're trying to say, "No, you're you know you can't live that. You, this is not the way you should be living. This is not what we should be doing. You, it's heresy. All this stuff." And they were trying to pull them back in under the heavy weight of all the rules of the religious system. Okay, he said. The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. Let me read that again. That's so powerful. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. And I've watched through the years people t- trying to do things to get God to like them rather than to realize that God already likes them. And to live from that place that God loves me and likes me through discovering the heart of God. Because he goes on to say this, he says, if you're going to live by rules, there's not enough rules For you to be complete, for you to be able to fulfill and to live how how God wants you to live. He said, because what? Rules. Get more rules. There was a reason that the pharisaical system had 613 rules. Stop and think about that, my friends. So, you're new here to Cornerstone Church. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. I mean, there are those of you that are here for the first or second time, and what we want to, you to know is that we have a, a foundations class or a class to get to know more about the church, and, uh, you know, if you want to become a part of here and everything. So what we want you to do is we want you to show up on Tuesday night from 7 to 9, because what we're going to do is go over all the 613 rules that we have for you to be. A member or a part of Cornerstone Church how many are excited about what's that 635, 635. okay because rules beget rules so and 613 was last year this year is 635 excuse me how many of you are excited about that? Those of you that are guests here, you really want to sign up. It's in the back of the table back there. Somebody will help you sign up for the night of 635 rules. Don't they, we laugh about that, but does that even sound appealing? But that's the way many people live their life because they feel like, like, they, like to, to walk with Jesus, to walk with the Lord, to be a Christian is you've got to follow all these rules. And it's the opposite. This is what Paul's saying. It, it, it's not. You're, there's never enough rules. You'll, you'll never be able to do it. Jesus came and died and gave us what? One rule. I can live with one rule. Is to love God with all your heart and to love everybody else the same way. I can live with that rule. I can get excited about that rule well yeah I'll go with that one but they were being drawn back see like I said (laughs) rules create these these rigid boundaries rigid you know walls one of the things I've tried to do with, with my daughter this daughter is um, my other three daughters I raised from rules. Okay, remember we get together, they'll talk about couldn't watch the Smurfs. Remember that? Because they were filled with demons, blue demons. <laughs> the Smurfs have blue demons. You know? Those are the worst kind. The blue ones are the worst kind. Or, what was it? Saved by the Bell. What were some of the other ones that they said they couldn't watch? You remember? a lot. (laughs) I was very legalistic at that time. I had all these kinds of rules, you know. As rules, you had curfew, you had to be in by, you know, 1030. Dad, we're seniors in high school, 1030. So I had twins, identical twins. So what they would do is that uh, one would come home, because whenever they came home, they had to, you know, Acknowledge, let their mom and I know that they were home. So one twin would come home and say, Hey, Dad, it's me, Crystal. I'm home. I was okay. You know, she'd go down the basement because both the bedrooms are in the basement. We had a walkout basement. So she'd wait about five minutes, go out the door, come around, come through the front door, go, Hey, Dad, it's me, Kayla. So that they would take turns so the other one could stay out later. And this sharp tack never picked up on it. (laughs) It's one of those stories that they told us years later. They were both in calculus in high school. One of them was really good in calculus. The other one wasn't. So the one that was really good, she'd go take her test. And then she'd come out, change clothes, she'd put her sister's clothes on and go in her sister's class and take her sister's calculus test for her. That's brilliant. Of course, they didn't tell me that. You can tell (laughs) later. See, it's all these rules. You can just kind of. So, so with Midori, what I've endeavored to now. She has. She's got had a few rules, didn't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I've endeavored to do with her is to teach her how to make good decisions. Because, see, decisions and having the right heart will stay with you forever. You can live with that, but. You won't with rules, because that's what happens with most young people when they, they go off to college or whatever it is. They get out from under the weight or the, or the, the chains of the rules, and then what? They don't know how to make good decisions. See, that's what, that's what the Lord's trying to show us here is I want you to live from making good decisions, or I want you to live from want to, not have to. See, I was, I was a senior associate at a large church for seven years, and I'll never forget, I had sat and had this conversation with the pastor one day, and he asked me, he said, Mike, why do thousands of people come here every weekend? And I kind of gave him the political answer, you know, great preaching, you know. Figured that'd be, you know, I couldn't go wrong with that one. You know, amazing worship, and blah, 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 I went on and on, you know, great youth, all this stuff. You know. And he goes, yeah, 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 he goes, that's some of it, but he goes, that's not it. He says, the reason thousands of people come here every weekend is because they want to. He said, now, what we need to do is to make sure that there is a spiritual environment that they want to be a part of. And I've never forgot that. Because that's what the Lord wants. He wants, in our relationship with him, he, he wants it to, to be so amazing that will always want to be in his presence. We'll always want to be around him and not have to. See, there, hopefully the reason you're here today is because you want to be here. Because there's something that's going to touch your life. Every week when you come here, come expecting that something is going to touch my life today that's going to so radically transform me, It's going to so help me. And I will guarantee you, if you come with that attitude, you'll leave with the benefit of your life being changed. I'll guarantee it. If it doesn't happen, come to Pastor Sean. He'll give you your money back. You know, I started the last service with this. I'm going to finish this service. Why don't you all stand? <clears throat> Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited again. Amen. We've well, got a lot of amens on that one. <laughs> Here's what I said, and I fully believe this. I, I'm, I'm just a man who loves Jesus passionately I love my wife passionately and I love my family passionately and at this stage of the game what I'm trying to do is just be the best that I can be to all three of them and I think I think that's what God desires let's pray Lord I pray today that there's something maybe one thing that I said deposited a seed, a seed of perspective, a seed of faith, a seed of hope, a seed of inspiration within the hearts of these your people and I thank you for their lives. I thank you that they're here today because I believe they want to be and they're looking, they're hungry, they're searching, they're expecting. Holy Spirit I'm glad that you respond to their lives you respond to their hearts if they have responded to the heart of god in jesus name amen amen god bless you all let's give him a hand amen thank you mike
1: awesome word will don't you be seated just for a moment you know i love uh his word you know complacency kills the wonder i mean that's tweetable right there complacency kills the wonder and that God likes you. I mean, that's that's so powerful to know that God only just loves you. He likes you. He actually wants to be with you. He gave His whole Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not just to hover over us, but to indwell in us. And that Spirit of God's there for you and I to 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 have communion with, to have relationship with. And so um, I just love that part. Isn't that good? Come on, God, give the Lord praise for that word. Amen. So let's get out our bulletins and uh, in your bulletins connection card. And if you're visiting with us today, thank you for coming. If you could fill out that connection card that was in your bulletin that uh, you were handed to when you came in. And hold on to it. We have a free gift bag for you at the end of the service. All the way to my right, your left, down this corner over here, is a welcome table. Someone will be stationed there for you and uh, to get, get that uh, con- connection card, but also to give you a free gift bag. Inside the gift bag is a free gift, but also information about who we are here at Cornerstone. Everybody else, put your connection card in the offering as it goes by. Um, I was just thinking about God likes us. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I used to do a, a, a message when I was a youth pastor and talking about Christmas. And how that no one likes to get underwear at Christmas. You need underwear, right? But you don't like underwear. What you really, you like to get it for Christmas, but, but you want something else or something different. What you want, what you desire is what you give time for. You give, you're excited about. And see, um, uh, God doesn't just want you, just doesn't need you to give. He doesn't need you, he wants you to give. And, uh, and he, it's just like the, the like. I like you. I want to be with you. He says, I want you to give because I know what it will do in you and through you. I know it, it puts you, number one, giving gives us a, a place in the body where we are connected as the team. We're a team player. We're, we're part of seeing his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's one of our parts, by giving, by doing it. But it also, God knows, when you sow, you're going to reap what you sow. It's a, it's it's something where he it allows him to for you it allows him to, when you give to bless you, and God wants you to do that. It's not something that man I, you have to have to give. You, listen, you will go to heaven. You will have a relationship with God if you don't give. But I don't know about you really being blessed, because there's a blessing about giving. And so I want to I want you to I want you to we always say around here don't give unless you desire to. You know we don't we don't need your money. In fact it's not in your money anyway, it's God's money. But we don't need it. God provides for us. But what we want you to do is have a heart of I'm a part of the team. I'm I'm a I'm a part of what God wants to do here. Um and not only here, but th- throughout the world. I I, I want to be a part of that and see lives change. I get to give. This is this is something this is what a son and daughter does. They're part of the family and they, they help the family, right? And so I want to encourage you to do that with that heart that I get to give. Not that I have to. Don't ever do it because you have to. Do it because you get to. Do it with a joyful heart. Amen? And so I want to challenge you to do that as we worship God and our giving. You can give three ways. You can give online. Give in our app. Uh, you can give uh, by text to give. Or you just give in the offering cash or check. But let's just do that. Let's just honor the Lord right now. So Father, we bless you. And we thank you for the opportunity we have right now to give to you in a way that, God, that's joyful, that is not just demanded, but, God, that you want us to enter in to the law of sowing and reaping where you can bless us abundantly. And, Father, we choose to do that right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you for blessing the giver. Give seed to the sower right now. Father, I thank you that no matter what they give, whether they're going to give something today, they're going to bring something in worship here today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, stand up. The band wanted me to be, stop praying. That's what it was. No, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, let's worship God and our giving. Stay here. Just go ahead and be seated for a moment. The elders are going to come up. They have an announcement to make, and this is Kelly Hill. Let's uh, let's give these elders a hand. Amen.
2: All right, Um, we have an announcement to make, and we are very excited. Um, As Pastor Sean said earlier, uh, everybody knows that the Gabbards left a while back to go to Georgia, and we've been looking for a children's minister for. Quite some time and Pastor Lisa has been filling in awesomely and doing a great job and we've got a um, few applications not a lot and but they just weren't completely with what the vision of our church was and we want nothing but the best for our kids so we got one and that came in and it really uh, got our attention and so um, because of who it was the eight of us kind of took it over um, pastor sean and lisa stepped aside and we started working on it and we had a two-hour interview we had multiple phone calls lots of meetings took it very very seriously and um one thing that i mean we've been taking communion and everything and the, and the blood of jesus has just really been on my mind we're in the bloodline of jesus we're because we're christians we're saved by the blood we're in his bloodline we wanted somebody in that bloodline, first of all, but also what even cooler in the bloodline of Cornerstone Church. And so we are very, very excited to announce that Johnny and Julia Norio are going to be our new children's ministers. And we all have just a, I want to take a few moments just to say what we saw that really, really... Um, Solidified it for us because of the process that we went through and everything Yeah,
3: so um, I'm so excited because I know their hearts and they love people they love God They just really fit right in line with what we are and and what we want to go towards here at Cornerstone Something I'm excited about is just the the creativity that they bring Um, Julia did you know when we do love after marriage, you know, it's like three months long and she did the childcare for us the first part of this year. And it wasn't just coming in and, you know, part-time job kind of thing. She really took it seriously. And she, you know, created some lesson plans and had ministry for the kids downstairs and even went along with, you know, what we were doing up here. And those kids were so excited. They came running into the building on Monday nights and went straight downstairs. They, they were looking forward to every Monday night. And that just spoke volumes. Um, she just really had a way of pulling that together And bringing those kids into something really cool so um, and then Johnny just adds so much he just brings so much as well Um, just he's creative he's such a connector of people I don't know if you've had a chance a lot of you haven't gotten a chance to know him yet but you will love getting to know him as well so
4: I had lots of questions for them (laughs) but um, one of the things that stood out to me was uh, a word that the Lord gave me for Cornerstone Church this year was connector and um, when we asked them questions about uh, their ministry outside the walls of the church, that got me really excited, just to hear their heart that God had already put in them. Like, Julia didn't even have a second, and it, just, it was just, all the stuff was coming out of her mouth of the things and the ideas that God had already given her for next summer, and how she was going to connect with parents, how they were, I say Julia, they were going to connect with parents, but not just our parents, but people outside of the church, that they wanted to reach our community, and that's the heart of Cornerstone, and so that's what got me so excited.
5: Um, for me, it was a couple things. Um, kind of went along with the message today that I have known, we have known Julia for 20 years. Um, you know, when she sent in her application and the references, you know, we could have been a reference the Johnsons could have been a reference the Hessens, the Hills but we just don't know Julia we like her we like Johnny there's that relationship of like that we like them we trust them and another question for me was what about worship? And he says, I want to train the kids. She wants to train the kids. You know, raise up a generation. Not to replace these guys on here, but to join them. Where we have generations of worshipers together. It's the next generation. Where they go, they sing, they create songs. They hear the heart of the Lord, and then they sing it. They play it. They show it. They speak it. And when they get their team up and going, you can have worship here, and then go back downstairs and have more worship. It's going to be good. It's going to be good.
4: So, yeah, when we did the two-hour interview, and yes, it was a two-hour interview, um, one of the things that just stood out to me is just well and we knew this about Julia but even with Johnny is their heart and she definitely has the heart for Cornerstone I mean she has a heart for God and ministry in general Um, but she has that calling on her life and that heart for us and our kids and I just the word that came to mind was exuberance so just full of joy and energy and you know we need that not only here but for our kids
6: So yeah, um, long interview process um, and it seemed like uh, just a common theme for me that, that kept coming back to me and just in the way that they answered various questions that we posed, um, obvious that uh, Johnny and Julia consistently walk in the fear of the Lord. And the scriptures tell us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it also says that wisdom is the principal thing. And so I was uh, just pouring over that this morning. And I was taking to 1 Kings chapter 3. And this is little Solomon uh, anointed as king. And uh, the Lord said, ask what you will. And I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked To have an understanding heart and this was the reason that he gave that he asked for that he says I'm I'm a youth I don't know how to go out and how to come in and uh, going out and coming in refers to the presence of the Lord and so they are practiced in coming into the presence of the Lord and rejoicing, refreshing, and sometimes even repenting so that when they go out, they can pour out what has been poured into them. And that's what we want for our kids.
4: We have had the privilege and the pleasure to see Julia grow up and it has truly been an honor for us. and as we said the long grueling interview process was a thing and we not intentionally but we definitely wanted them we wanted to know that they truly were called by God and that it isn't an easy task but you just follow the call of the Lord and he will lead you where he he wants you and um, just because she has been so near and dear to our hearts that as parents we expect yet another level that other people don't need to meet and and she just there we we love them both we even reminded johnny that he's coming and his his boss is also going to be his in-laws so um was he aware of that and also he's got a lot of extra bosses he's gonna to have to deal with that they are so we're just excited for what the Lord is bringing to us as a church family
7: praise God it was it was a long process um, Did a lot of thinking a lot of praying a lot of praying a lot of talking And we came up with Julia how do we do that God put her on our hearts I know uh, for me Julia and our daughter grew up together so we've been we've been around around her for a long time and what got my attention was I was praying and thinking about it and just you know wondering what 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 questions I'm going to ask her and different stuff like that and so uh, I was asleep one night and uh, from a dead sleep uh, I woke up and the spirit says what about Julia and Johnny? This, that's how the, and, you know, and this was uh, before we, we, we was thinking about uh, we had talked really talked about it uh, about Julia and Johnny and uh, that was the Lord I want to hear something, uh, uh, what, what, why, why I asked Julia and Johnny, why do you want to do this? I mean, ministry is tough, I mean, we don't have to tell you that because you know, you've been in it all, all your life. And uh, she said, because we're called. And that's what I wanted to hear. You know, when you hear, when you hear the Lord, you have no doubt it's him. And she had no doubt in her heart, in her mind, Johnny had no doubt in his heart and mind, that they're called to do this. And we're so blessed here at Cornerstone, because when we, when we was doing this, we had to think about uh, Pastor Sean and Sister Lisa. I had to think about the church. Let's think about Julia and Johnny, our kids. Our kids is so, so important to us. So we are blessed to have Julia and Johnny as our ministers, here for our children.
2: And one more thing, um, it's so cool, Um, I mean a lot of them mentioned they saw her grow up, known her for 20 years. We got to pray for her when she was in her mother's womb and prayed for this moment, pray for this moment to where she, I mean operates in the calling that God has called her to do and that she walks in that and that she would just love the Lord and to see all that come into fruition and it is so cool.
1: Amen. Come on give these elders a hand. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well it's a, uh, you know one of the things as a pastor, as, a, as a, even a dad, um, when James actually had told me about a dream that he had and what the Lord had told him, before Julie and Johnny ever sent anything, he said, "I believe what about Julie and Johnny? And You know, as a dad, I've been through ministry for 30 years, and sometimes all you have is your calling because everything else is coming around you and coming and falling down. And you've got to have that calling. If that calling's not there, I don't want any of my kids in ministry because you need that calling. And so I, I told him, I says, well, they know we have an opening and they can apply for it if they want to. But I'm not going to tell them. And so uh, a week later is when they applied and I looked at the email and I sent it directly to them. and says, you guys got to handle this because I can't. And to have that calling and they know, knew that calling was right, that's what changed it for me as a dad for them to be here. And, uh, and uh, the unanimous of our elders for them to be here. So I want you to be praying for them. They're, they're going to be moving from Canada to uh, here in two weeks. They'll be starting December 1st. Amen. And um, yeah, give them a hand. And uh, they're going head on. They've already planned December Everything's ready for them to come in. They're going to be doing a transition period with with my wife. She'll transition out. take about three months. But uh, just begin to pray for them and pray for our kids. Because I'm going to tell you something. Revival is going to happen in our children. You think it's loud down there right now? You wait. And it's going to be okay, right? Amen? Because God's going to be moving in our kids. But let me pray for you. Let me bless you as you go today. Father, I bless everyone in here. Uh, Father God, they go knowing that you love them. And you like them. And that, Father God, they won't be complacent. But they'll be passionate lovers, hungry for you. And I thank you, God. Bless them right now, God. Open doors that need to be opened. Shut doors that need to be shut. Give them favor in every area. And all men and women in Jesus' name. And I thank you for everyone. And bring them back safe next week. Where they can just worship you together as a family. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Now listen, at the back door, our ushers are going to be back there. Let's bless Mike for speaking to us. Give him some uh, money and bless him and his ministry. Bless you guys. Have a great day.